I'm Brendan McCormack and welcome to the Perth Fit Fan Podcast, where you get to hear from the best thought leaders and change makers from across the Perth fitness scene. In this episode, we'll be catching up with Australia's top bodybuilder, Josh Lenardowitz. Josh is also the promoter of the IFBB Pro League here in Western Australia, which will be held on the 17th of February. He's also currently six weeks out from his comeback to compete at the Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio. If you love what we do, then you could become a supporter of Perth Fit Fan by joining our fan subscriptions on Facebook and gain access to exclusive content, discounts on merch, and more. And make sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher for your chance to win a Perth Fit Fam shirt, which we'll be giving away at the end of every show. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Wait, how often are you? Do you have to be on your phone all the time for social media? Um, it's it's definitely good to do, but um, it's more like business and things like that. Yeah, on my phone. Um, I do need to do a lot more on social. Like I should do more stories, more personal stuff. But your yeah. stories are good. Yeah, some interesting. That's it. Actually, that should lead us here. The yeah. memes. The memes. There's a lot of memes. A yeah, lot of funny so memes. we have Josh Lenardowitz, Australia's number one bodybuilder, king of the gym, but I like to think of, as you said, king of the memes. <laughs> First of all, lead in. What's the go with the memes? They're off the charts, but how did it come about? Um, I just I love like comedy and um, I just think everyone deserves to laugh and have a good day sometimes. And I think no matter what mood you're in, you'll find some kind of meme to make you laugh depending on where it's based or what it's, what it's based about. I just think it's funny, really funny. It's so good. So I've gone off my personal social media this year. It's like a challenge. Um, yeah, and I thought it would be cool to spend more time with real people yeah. and then the time I spend on social, it's for business. And I told my mates and one of them's like, there's no way I could do that. I would die if I didn't have memes. <laughs> and that was his reason. That's it's what he is. Straight away, yeah, yeah straight gold. away. I thought Definitely of you, gold. which is awesome. Um, so first of all, um, we're going to kick off. I want to, I want to find out a little bit more about you because people see you as the bodybuilder. Um, and I saw you in the early days back as the young bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to know more about like Josh Leonardo. It's the person as Thanks. well as a bodybuilding, but we're going to start off with your journey on bodybuilding. So cool. how did, how did that kick off? Like why, why bodybuilding? Bodybuilding to me really was, um, just a way of connecting with my older brother more than anything. So I was for sure fascinated with the human body and he had all these posters on his walls of like Arnold and um, Dorian Yates and things like that. And I, I just thought it was incredible. Um, at no point did I think it was weird. Um, I just thought it was just an amazing feat of like the human potential. And um, and I really wanted to train when I was like 12, but I was too young from mum and dad's um, perspective. So they said, when you're old enough to work, you're old enough to train. So it was like 14 and six months or something. When I was old enough to get a job, um, I went to the gym and loved it. So I'd like ride my push bike to the gym every morning at like six, knowing nothing about nutrition, like didn't eat before it, didn't eat properly after it, maybe had Cocoa Pops or something <laughs> on the way home when I was at home. But um, yeah, so from there, I'd go to school all day and then I'd go to work after school and that was kind of my my life for quite a long time actually. Like I worked like 30-something hours even while I was at school. What was your job? I was at IGA actually. I was oh, like, started off as like, I was like, work my way up. I was started <laughs> off as like the potato packer and like weighing like five kilo bags of potatoes and three kilo bags of onions. And then, um, and then it's worked my way up to like a specials manager on the weekends and then like a weekend supervisor and then like into the bottle shop. So oh. that was when, that's where the fun happens. Was that when you turned 18? Yeah, yeah, when I was 18, I was working in the bottle shop. It was cool. I ended up actually working in, as a bartender for a bit as well. Really? Which they were found strange. They're like, why don't you want to do security? And, and I'm like, oh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'd rather just have some fun and 
serve some drinks and have some drinks myself. Yep. I was a country boy. And um, yeah, but my bodybuilding career really just, I was quite good at it. And because my older brother, who was five years older than me, I, I noticed that I think when I was like 18, 19, I could kind of beat his lifts. Yep. And when you can beat your brother, you can beat anyone in the world, you believe. Right? <laughs> so I sort of thought maybe I've got something to this. And yeah, I prepped for my first show, the IMBA. And mm. I was like, yeah, just 20 when I won. That mm-hmm. is uh, like an open competitor, yeah. uh, a junior. And then they put me in the overall class, sorry. And I won the overall and it was – and it was something to me that, you know, I was um, – I don't know how to explain it. It was like I wasn't really gifted at school because I didn't really apply myself. I didn't have the right teachers or mentors kind of thing, I believed. And it was something that I was just good at, you know. So Yeah. And that just reinforced a lot. I was very shy. Really? Yeah, very, very shy. Like I remember even on stage, like my knees were doing that, you know, hocus pocus thing. And um, yeah, it was embarrassing. Like the prejudging was like really bad. And then backstage, like my family went and got like Jim Beam and they're like, we got to give me shots backstage to like cool my nerves. No. And then after like the night show, I was just like That's so confident as. So was that your first show that you were like that or was it ongoing for a few shows? Um, No, as soon as that was over, I was confident after that it was – yeah, reflecting back on that, it just gave me a lot of sort of self-esteem that I would, you know, stepped out, I took the risk. There wasn't anyone else from the country where I was from that that did it, that competed. So mm. there was a lot of football and basketball, but nothing bodybuilding related. So I was very like abstract from the norm. And um, yeah, it took quite a bit of looking back at it, a lot of courage to do that. And so that was cool. But at the time as well, it was a really symbolic meaning for me for bodybuilding because not only at the start did I get into it to connect with my brother, but then when I first started prepping for my show, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, and it was like I was going to quit and it was like really rocked the family and he wanted me to stay competing because he believed that it was something for him to focus on as well. And like literally the day of the show, he he was in hospital having his kidney removed. No. And um, and I won that show. I won like the junior and I won the overall. So I had like two trophies. So I like brought him one after the show when I saw him after surgery. So it was like a really magical moment. It was really, and actually, the Age, the Australian newspaper, um, had a like a little uh, piece on us in there. It was really cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So that's a he kind of like, really cause it was, yeah, because it was like a really symbolic um, thing for me. It just really kicked off my passion. Yeah. yeah. So we crossed paths not long after that because I I first met you. I think that was 2015 when you won the junior IMBA yeah. national titles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I wow. remember being in the crowd and my mate actually competed against you and you just came in and like blew everyone away. I still remember you had the Arnold Torch yeah. sticker mask and walk in <laughs> yeah, from yeah. the side and um, were obviously just an incredible athlete then. And then you came back, you actually came to Perth and competed in the elite show yes. the following year yeah, where yeah. I think you came second to Tim Martin. But That's it. It was still such a young guy, yeah. yeah. At what point did you like? At that point, did you realize that you had a unique talent? Actually, it worked the other way because that same year, like I'd won competing in my first show. I went for a couple of years competing, and I was, I was winning every show. And then that year, two thousand and six, was the year my dad actually passed. He was battling cancer for that whole time. Oh wow! On these like trial drugs, and he had like he didn't have really much many good days in that whole two years that he survived. Um, and then he passed, he passed. So that same year I'm like, I'm going to compete still. And I don't know. And that's the first time like I'd lost a show and it was looking back now, it was really good for my, um, for my ego Mm -hmm. because I was putting like everything into it and probably letting it define who I was as a person. Mm -hmm. So by being beaten, I remember just feeling like crushed 
and then thinking back on all the times I could have spent more with my family kind of thing. Like it's, yeah. although it was good and it was symbolic, it was like, man, I've given up so much mm. that I could have spent like dinners and socializing with them and learning more about them instead of being so gym related. Um, so I actually stopped competing for like seven years. Well, that was actually my next question. Yeah. So yeah. that was why I just thought I'm not in it for the right reason. Like I'm actually, it's become more ego based than what started off as like a connection based mm. self-esteem building experience. Um, yeah. So that's really what happened. Actually, yeah, I, that was but that was my next question because I, f- I found it fascinating that you were such a talent, like we could see it back then, yeah. and then disappeared for seven years. I didn't know, I didn't know about you, Dad. Yeah. Um, okay. and and I understand finding your identity in something which is yeah. which is yeah, it's very very bad. Definitely, um, yeah, you should never let anything define who you are as a person. Like mm-hmm. success, you should define the success. Success should never define you. Kind of aspect, and I mean, you can't find your value in one thing. Because when that one thing's gone, then what, what do you have? Yeah, so that's, that's right. Yeah. And I think today that's especially relevant in the social media world uh-huh. um, where people find their validation. Giving memes. Give yeah, comedy. Just memes. People laugh yeah, instead. people <laughs> define their, their identity in this thing which isn't real. And yeah. kind of, you know, when, when I got rid of mine, someone's like, oh, are you having an identity crisis? And I said, no, I think it's the opposite yeah. because I'm, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm being real. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the, the hard thing was with social media, like it's, as good as it is and a greater tool as it is for business, it's also like for sponsorships, it's a huge thing. So for someone who's a bodybuilder or, a, you know, any kind of fitness competitor, I mean, their body is their brand. So they need to kind of use that to get more followers, to try and be um, attractive to the sponsors. And then not only that, then they have to utilize that to not only kind of sell to the to their followers and fans, but also give good content in the process because you can't just sell, sell, sell and no. expect people to follow you. So, but it's also trying to, it's kind of a hard, it's a hard thing either way because really like if you like someone and you like to follow them but you're not going to support who's supporting them, then they've really got no future as well and that's kind of, social media's kind of backflipped on everyone at the moment. Like it's been great but then there's also, you know, how many people are converting sales through having, you know, athletes now or Instagram celebrities and stuff. It's like they do get a huge reach. Yeah. But then how many are converting into actual sales? Because I know that you had a – obviously, you had a sponsorship, yeah. um, which which I think would have been very excellent for the brand. And then, you know, that wasn't there. It's actually not that specific, but the struggles of being a pro athlete, which I yeah. wanted to come back to. Oh, it's a lot harder as this day and age than it was in like the 90s for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and everyone's kind of like – they, the old body, well, it happens in every sport. The older generation who have finished will always kind of bag out the new generation. Yeah. Because they still want to relive their heyday and always keep that relevant. Yep. And I get that. But then, you know, in bodybuilding, it's much harder now than what it was then. Like they had great endorsements and sponsorship deals, whereas now we have to kind of work two or three jobs and then also follow our passion. Yeah. Kind of a lot harder. And, and I mean, before the big contracts would go to the athletes, now yep. the big contracts can go to just the influencers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like popularity over prestige these days. Yeah. Which is kind of odd for setting an example. And that's um, one thing I'm more about like on my social media is like the daily mantra is like trying to give something positive mm. um, because that's what I mean. Like do I want someone to come up to me at a line at an expo and just be like, wow, look at your physique or, or like look at your ass shot from like <laughs> someone who's like just always swaying their butt. Or do you want to have someone come on and say, well, when you said this, it was really empowering and it made me think about my life or mm. not letting something define who I am as a person, stuff like that. Like that's what I'd rather be remembered for. Yeah. I think when you came out, I think it was at your first Olympia, was it the year that Kevin Laroni yeah. came out? Yeah. And you stood out so much at the press conference 
for who you are as a person. Thanks, man. Thank yeah. yeah, and that was that was um, the one thing which I really appreciate about you is it's always it's always positive and it's always very very genuine. It's very, always humble. So what you're trying to do, you definitely successful do you successfully do. So Thank I you. think that you represent yourself very well. well um, I, I know I'm not. I'm definitely not like I'm far from perfect, but yeah. Like I, co- I, of course, know that having like mentors in my life, the negative is you pick up the good traits and also you pick up the bad traits because you, you just emulate and idolize someone in a way. So I feel like if you can, you've, everyone's got bad traits, but if you can try and give out more of those positive traits mm-hmm. and people can catch them because you always catch more than you're taught. So you're trying to display your life by actions, not by words. And if that catches more with the person, then, I mean, that's making a positive change in the world, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like being a body on a stage, it's hard to try and get that across because, of course, it's like it's very almost vain and it's like just like a, a beauty pageant with like <laughs> muscles, right? But then you're trying to be like a good influence and a good role model because it's like, although we do we do the competing and stuff, it doesn't define us, as I say, as a person. I, I, I found it interesting, Jay Cutler, you, you obviously, you know, um, five, five or four, five, five, Mr. O? Uh, four times. He went, that's one. right. Yeah, he went four. for five. Yeah. He missed it. Yeah. yeah. And even he said, love the training, love the mental aspect. Thought Capiti was just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, you don't get it up on stage. And- oh, yeah. I still don't like Yeah. I don't like that part of getting the tan on, getting the trunks on, getting shaved. <laughs> yeah. It's all like abstract. It's a, it's a very funny thing. It is. Now, the seven years off. Yep. What, what happened in the seven years? Um, I focused like trying to find my identity kind of thing like – if it's not in bodybuilding, where is it? Like, is it in faith? Is it in business? Is it in making money? And I remember like trying all those things and being heavily involved in each of them mm. um, and finding a lot of goodness out of it. But then like anything, like you put your whole value in one thing yeah, um, and you always, no matter what it is, you'll just start to feel like a bit empty no matter what it is. So I think being a combination of all things, mm-hmm. as weird as it sounds, combination yeah. of all things to create who you are as a person. Yep. Um, it was just like that. It was just a journey, a life journey I went on. Yeah. Um, like I remember having like amazing months in business, like crushing it financially and then being so depressed, like just like, is this what life's about? Just making money. What were the businesses? Like what were um, you doing? P- I was PTing. I was doing like like huge from my get up at like five, 4.45 every morning. I'd be like nonstop from 5.30 to like 10 at night and I'd have a gap in the middle to train myself, but it was just like relentless every day mm-hmm. saturday was like half a day and then sunday was off where it'd just be too trash and then yeah by doing that kind of lifestyle i just led to like chronic fatigue syndrome and constantly being sick constantly being exhausted and it was just like man what the hell like what's life about yeah yeah um now the faith side of things as well because i'm um, watching your journey from the outside yep. you know i i saw um you go through that journey too are you still really connected into the church or do you still have a faith yeah i still go to, i definitely still go to church um like i believe in god i believe in christianity could i be wrong absolutely mm-hmm. um do i believe in it yes do i um of course i hope that it's true and i hope what i'm believing in is true but i'm not gonna i don't think i'm set apart or better than anyone else because of it or they're worse off or they're going to hell or whatever. It's yeah. like this is basically the evidence that I've looked into um, and I've looked, you know, looking at it through historical narrative, witness testimony, manuscript evidence. It's like looking at it through like a as scientific, I guess, as you could look into something mm. and, okay, well, that makes the most sense to me. Let's put my chips there and, yep. and put it into practice and putting those things into practice, it has made my life better. Yes, and of course, like having a coming from a family, and this is kind of what I tell people: it's like you coming from a family, 
your partner coming from a family and then you're trying to throw those two together <laughs> and they've got their way of doing things, there's always going to butt heads. But if there's kind of like a, a general overview of it all, of the way it should be and the way how things should run at home, yep. um, yeah, then that's kind of what I learned a lot from through the Bible, just how to treat treat others, like love others. And that's really the message of it was just love others and yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's, um, I don't think that you know this, but I went through my own journey. I actually did Bible college for two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. not many people, not many people from the perfect fan world yeah. know this. So, I actually was really heavily involved. really into it more than me. Yeah. yeah. And um, like left work, the so same thing as you, like, you know, it's killing it um, at work at that point in time. And then I ended up just dropping everything and didn't work for two years, went to Bible college, mentored youth. And um, so, when I see your traits and the things that stand out is... A lot of the things that changed my life from yep. being like a really wild, you know, young party sort of guy to what completely flipped me around. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I owe it to the church at that point in, in time. I'm, I'm not definitely not like connected to the church or anything now, but I still look back and they're some of the best people, like some of the closest friends that I have. And without that, I definitely would not, you know, uh, I, I definitely would not be who I am. So when I see you and the influence that you have on people, like, yeah, it really, really stands out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that, I think the the whole purpose of it is you don't do good things to get to heaven. You just do good things because you are loved. Yeah. And that's a totally different reason for doing something. It's like if you're mowing your neighbor's lawn just to get praise of him, it's not like you're doing it for the right reason. <laughs> but if you're just mowing it out of the goodness of your heart, it's like a completely different reason behind doing something. Yeah. So, yeah, but like anyone, we've all got – and that's where bodybuilding kind of really resonates with me. You've all got your flesh side, mm. your temptation side. And with bodybuilding, there's so much with food, suffering on the diet and yeah. cardio morning and night and being hungry and tired. It's like there's so much temptation. Yep. So if you can really um, be disciplined, like, you know, Jesus, the disciples kind of thing, it's like you can, you know, put that into your practice in what you're doing. So there's a lot of things that I, I took value from. Mm. Um, but then, of course, the church, like how much do you know? Is the church like I don't know the whole tithing thing always would, go, would get to me like I don't think Jesus yep. wanted us to give money always to buildings and churches and yeah and like why don't we have a build like a board saying where all the money goes to people and we should be giving all the money should be like going to others not so much the building and not so much the people like That's those like are the things that, expansion oh, those plan. things are frustrated yeah I mean, massively I'm like well I'd rather just give my money and yeah not have to. Yeah, it's a funny it's one. A it's like the struggles that you go through to, to go through all those changes, and then to actually step back and start to question it, especially if you've got a yeah. bit of a business mindset. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I can relate to, I can relate to that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so seven years off. Yep. What made you get back into it? Um, I was, I got really sick. Um, I was working those big hours, and I got like this chronic fatigue kind of syndrome, and I was always like. At that point, like you look look up to GPs and doctors as almost like just under a god kind of thing. Like they know all about the human body, mm. and a lot of them are great. I'm not knocking them at all. Like this isn't a bash on them, but the ones that I was experienced to would just be like antibiotics. No matter what, I'd go to them with symptoms: antibiotics, antibiotics, antibiotics. Not knowing it would kill all my internal flora and just make me worse off for being sick. Like where mm. are my massive line of defenses? I was just getting hammered and getting sick all the time. And then I remember going over to. Tonga, where my wife's family's from, okay, and getting like really bad food poisoning, um, and I was just like in hospital. Had to get flown back to Australia. I was like hallucinating. Oh like, my no. food poisoning was that bad, and from that I had like like tri- my tricep was like paralysis of the tricep. It wasted away. I got this bad rash that I still deal with today. I had like internal like digestive problems, mm-hmm. and from there I just kept getting really really sick. 
and it was just like more medicine, more medicine, more medicine kind of thing. So that kind of led me into, um, you know, different forms of medicine as well and, you know, natural as well as like, um, I don't know how you could say it, like, like pharmaceutical prescription medication as well. And it was like, I don't know, there was always that gray area of... You mean like integrated medicine? Yeah, it's yeah, it was kind of like a really hard time for me because... On one hand, I had these endocrinologists saying you can take this and it will make you better, mm-hmm. but then I could no, no longer be a natural athlete. So it was like for a whole like eighteen months. Yes, I was like, no, 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 I'm a diehard natty. I can't yeah. do that stuff. Yep. And I remember filling out a diary like morning and night, um, every morning, and I'd say yes or no, like I'd sleep on it, the decision to do it, and there was more no's than yes. Um, there was more yeses than no's because I just wanted to get better, but I still wouldn't do it. There was like this moral fiber in me that didn't want to do it, and then um. Yeah, it was like I was just constantly being sick and yeah. it was like I'd had enough. Yep. So I would see saw an endocrinologist had had like prescription medicine prescribed and I just felt better straight away. Okay. So, and that medicine would have made you a non natural athlete. Yeah, exactly. And that okay. was where it opened my eyes up. I'm like, well, if this hormones are going to be so bad, then you know, why am I getting better out of it? Yeah. Like why am I feeling better and why is my like sickness going away and so that kind of started that that trend for me to compete in the enhanced federations. Okay. So, yeah, and I mean, I don't talk about this often, but I'm an honest person. So, and that's really what started my journey. I can no longer compete um, in the old federations, and yeah, I just wanted to to compete and love bodybuilding. And I felt better and had more energy and recovered better, and everything was fine again. Yep. So. Yeah, that's really interesting because yeah. not not many not many pro athletes do speak about it. So yeah. yeah, thank you for being really really honest. So at that point in time, knowing that you're going to compete in the IFBB, yep. Um, did you think that you'd get? Did you think that you'd make it as a pro? Um, at that time, it was like I was com- I was training a lot, and I'm like, well, I'm either going to compete or or not. I'm just going to stop, like, mm-hmm. and I'll do it one more time, and end up doing it, and um, I won, and it was like. Well, it was like a doors opening, doors closing kind of thing. Like, yeah. And um, yeah, when I competed, it was like doors opened and and it was just opened up that side for me. Yeah. So, it was very rapid, wasn't it? Once you come yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. It was like every show I was doing as an amateur, I'd win. Mm. <clears throat> and I just knew there was a future there for me. Yeah. Just touching on the enhanced side of things before we move on. Yeah. What happened in your personal life? Like once you started, was there friends and people next to you that didn't get it? And was there a bit of conflict? No, because they saw me how bad I was, how sick oh, I was. Health wise, yeah. Like, I went to a neurologist, gastroenterologist, endocrinologist, sports doctor. Like, I was going through the works, and I ended up going to like an infectious disease specialist. Mm-hmm. So I'd went to the top of the food chain, whereas for medicine would put me, and um, and that was it. That was what the the diagnosis prescription was. Like, your hormones are low. You're always sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to get out of being sick unless your hormones come back in range. Yep. So that was like almost devastating for me. Yeah. But then it's like, well, I felt like I was being lied to at that point. Like once I did take the, just make the decision and, and do that, it was like, I felt better. Yep. I stopped being, I stopped getting sick when everyone's like, well, you'll get sick more often. It was the opposite. Mm-hmm. I would stop getting sick. Um, and I mean, this isn't for people to go out there and do that. You need to yeah. be very conscious of your decision making and should never do anything <coughs> below 25 years of age, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like you should wait till your hormones, your endocrine systems maximize its full potential before even considering that. And then you should also get doctor supervision out of it. Yeah. 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 I think that's, that's, 
very, very wise advice. So many young guys, and yeah. I was definitely one of them that thought it was a great idea to get enhanced at such a young age. And you yeah. have no idea what. No, you it's know, not. You're doing. It's going to cause a lot of issues long term. Mm. Like for the next immediate four or five years of your body, like you're going to go through highs and lows, and mm. um, mental things as well. Like it's because it's all it's directly responsible for you know dopamine in the brain, and mm. so there's all these things that people need to be aware of, and it's not like you shouldn't just take something because it's going to increase your performance. It's like, it's not that it's, it's unless you're going to be, unless you're sick or unless you're already maximized your genetic potential mm-hmm. and your hormones are on the way out. That's when you look at doing things like that. Yeah. Um, now you've got your pro card yep. by this stage. So you've come in, you had a really, really good runs of comp. Yep. You've got your pro card. You really kind of came onto the scene and like were you know made a lot of noise straight away. Um, I think uh, which was the comp that you, you won a couple of pro shows pretty early in the piece. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was like I t- basically turned pro the next year was when I'd make my big debut at the Arnold. Um, got beaten, which is okay because I was against a massive um, amount of good competitors, and then later that year. Um, I did like the San Marino Pro and the Lou, and Lou Frigno Legacy and yeah. won both of those shows. And, and that's the like, one that he went home early? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Louis. Yeah, so that was – I'm like, where's Louis to present the trophies? Oh, he went home. He was tired. That's great. Awesome. It's called Lou Frigno Legacy. Yeah. Yeah, so that was embarrassing for him. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was – but I knew then like it was a, a dream come true. I mean, like I was competing as a natural athlete pretty much all my life, so I learnt my body – Training right, nutrition right, supplementation right, health-wise, and being sick, I learned more about health mm-hmm. than ever before. <clears throat> so putting all that into into play with like a prescription medi- medicine prescribed by a doctor, it was like it was just much easier for me to like. I believe I had much more of an advantage than what someone would overseas who just would take stuff, yeah, and enhancement, and then learn their body with training while they're on enhancement because of course everything's going to work. Yeah, that's right. So that's where I feel. Um, I made the, the massive improvement on other people. Mm. It's really, really good to know. I didn't understand that you had that background within natural medicine and the health yeah. side of things, which yeah. really puts a different perspective into, I, I guess, the depth of, of what you know about yourself and, and as being an athlete as well. So what's been the biggest highlight being a pro? Um, man, the, the Olympia for sure. Like it was a dream come true. I mean, I used to watch the Olympia as, you know, in my early 20s or even yeah. earlier. Like I remember seeing it on ESPN when I was a teenager. Yeah. We got like... This troll, like we went well our family, but we got a troll of pay per view, <laughs> and it was on. And I'm like, man, this is incredible. Like, I'd love to do that, but of course, you know, I'm never going to eventuate that way because of my life decision. Yep. Um, yeah. So to to sort of go down that route, it was like, yeah, the dreams can sort of come true. Yeah. Are you yeah. Uh, you you were ninth place in both Olympias yeah. so yep. far. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, the first year you come out, and it was a really really big shock, I think, to a lot of people. Yeah. Like, it, you know. Just really, really smashed it. Yeah, the first was great. The second, I was a bit dis- was disappointing. But um, yeah, next as in like going through all this stress and stuff leading into it. Yeah, so, it was an, it was an interrupted prep. Yeah, that's it. So I'm hoping this year is going to be a really great year for me. But even you being in the top ten with an interrupted prep, you could see that you were carrying a lot more size in that second year. It was just I think the conditioning wasn't as on point yeah. as, as as what you had been. But to showcase that you're still top ten with everything that went down, that's like pretty exceptional. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully this year's going to be a good year for me. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's going to be awesome. Now we spoke about it before about some of the trials of of being a pro athlete. So everyone gets to see the cool stuff, and they want to be Josh. They want to be a pro. 
But what's day to day like? What, what's what's it like day to day for you? Like as a pro, what's some of the what's some of the um, trials and issues that you need to overcome as being a pro athlete? Yeah, oh man, it's it's tremendous. It's like your whole life revolves around bodybuilding, like revolves around eating and training. And I mean, and this was a thing looking back, like as a natural athlete, I'm like, oh, they've got it so much easier than us. And it's and you know, for, for sure, take when I first um, you know went down this route, it was it felt a little bit easier, but then actually competing properly. Mm-hmm. It just meant that you re- you could recover quicker, so you had to train more and eat more. Mm-hmm. So your whole life just becomes harder. Like it's not it doesn't become easier because you're doing something. Yep. Like it's it's actually a harder lifestyle. Um, so the whole your whole life from the moment you get up to the moment you go to sleep, it revolves around bodybuilding, and and that's why I kind of had the whole year off last year. Like I was just fell out of love with it and mm. didn't really enjoy it anymore. But I've really got the passion for it back this year. After taking the time off, it's been um, it's been really good. What about being a promoter? Uh, and now, obviously, you're promoting in Western Australia. Um, if you need to, you should be able just to press it on again. Yeah. Now you're <laughs> and cut and on. Um, you're promoting the Josh Lenardowitz Classic over here, yeah. um, as well as the uh, the show later on in the year. Mm-hmm. So, what's it like trying to do all this stuff whilst you know prepping for the Arnold's now, for instance? Well, it's um. I mean, this is what I love, like being a competitor for so many years, I've always wanted to be able to give back mm-hmm. to the sport. Like one of my main goals was, you know, to when I um, so I've set a five-year goal in the last, the last five years and one of them was to compete at the Olympia and the other one was to stay relevant and give back to the sport that, you know, it's made my, um, my the passion in my life. So. Mm-hmm. Um, to be the promoter in Western Australia is a huge thrill for me because I know that, you know, I'm speaking for the athletes as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and we've got some, like this time, we've got some really great sponsors on board as well, like um, for the show and that's helping the athletes, you know, like they're getting their flights paid for from UPS to come from the winners of this JLC to go compete in the Arnold Classic, mm-hmm. which saves them money as well because they'd be paying out of their pocket to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then we also have another sponsor, James Ross, who runs Goddess Retreats, who's going to pay for the top bikini athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a two and a half thousand dollar package to fly over to Bali and That's so do cool. like a retreat for them. Yeah, it's awesome. So those kind of things, you know, having better statues, like overall statues for the people that win, mm. um, those are the kind of things like that are important, making the show run more effectively so it starts and finishes at a certain time. Um, all those things I yeah. think are very important. Yeah, I remember the um, when you came, when you guys come in last year, especially that first show. It started, I think, at twelve and it finished at five. It was so rapid, yeah. and, like just on point. Like yeah. for me, that was because I go to so many body, no, definitely not as much as you, but <laughs> I go to so many bodybuilding comps, and for I, me to be yeah. able to go in and do that, I was like, oh, that's such a relief. Yeah, like anyone know, when you're not go when you go there to support your friends and family who are competing, mm. it's great when they're on, but when they're not on, it's kind of like I'm not really into this. Like I love the family member or the friend, so I'll support what they love and that's what true love is. Yeah. But then when they're not on, you're like, man, I've got to endure this. So you might as well make it very enjoyable for the friend or the family and that will also hopefully get them involved in the sport. Um, but, yeah, we've had we've been very fortunate. Like Supplement might have been a major sponsor for the last Yeah, last couple of shows. shows and also one. this show coming, Skin Rejuvenator on board, Physiotherapy. Cool. Um, yeah, we've got some some really good lift lab. We're doing the interview in their room. Actually. We are. We'll make sure that we get some cutaways. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, Shane. Yes, thanks, Shane. Um, yeah. So I mean, this is a couple plugs for them. Yeah. Um, just to say thanks um, for having them in. 
Um, now, a couple more questions because I know that we're sweating up here. And yeah, we're, on a, we're in a room. We don't have aircon, so anyone knows. He's not asking me questions and I'm getting worried about the questions. I'm very honest. I'm like hot as in this room. We're getting hot. So let's start to wrap it up. I've got a couple more questions. Um, if you weren't a bodybuilder, what would you be doing? That is an extremely hard one. I think if I was in a bodybuilder, I'd be working offshore. Whoa. Because that's where my mum would work, worked and she was always trying to get me there. And the only reason I didn't do it because I didn't have a great gym. Really? Yeah. So I've been offshore working two weeks on, two weeks off. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised you're not from WA. That's the lifestyle over money. here. Would have made the money. Yeah. Um, there you go. Working offshore, I was not expecting yeah, that one. Yeah, that's where I believe I would be. There yeah. you go. Now, I put I put a poll out there and um, just to our audience to ask you a question. And I have to ask this question because it was the one that they asked <laughs> me the most. Simply. Are you keeping your beard for the Arnolds? Oh, man. Everyone is asking me that. Um, yeah, I think I will. I think you I'll should. Just have it a bit trimmed. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think I think you should. That's funny as yeah. that, that was it. Everyone just wanted to know about the beard. Just the beard. Like, That's training. Awesome. Yeah. I think someone wanted to know something about recovery, but there's so many about beards, and I'm like, the beard. It's got to stay. Perfect. Done. Yeah. I like yeah, it. The beard. I like it. Thank you, Perfect Fan. We're keeping the beard. <laughs> well, Josh, I think that's it. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Also, yes. yeah. Thanks to you guys, mate, for always coming and promoting the show, like helping promote the show. Been great for the fitness industry here in, in WA. I mean, you know, I come from Melbourne. And I'm trying to get my wife over here to live here, but she's very enrooted with family. <laughs> yep. And I can't take my wife away from family. And of course, I respect that and love family too. So, yeah. But I wish we could like split half half there yeah. and here. And um, Doherty's gym here in Perth has been amazing for me. And the IFB Pro League, um, mm. you know, for allowing me to be the promoter here and hosting the events in, in Doherty. So, thanks. It's awesome, man. Thank you so much. We love being a part of it. You guys are doing a good job. So, just cool. on that one, Doherty's Gym, which is um, in North Perth, technically, or Perth? Um, East, East, East Perth, Perth, I believe. Yeah. 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 So, within the city, check One, it out. 154 Edward Street, East Perth. Now, we will put updates for the competition and we'll yep. promote that through our channels Thank as you. well. So, make sure you guys come and check it out. But, Josh, that's awesome. Thank you very Thank much, you so mate. Much, dude. Um, really yeah, show it. 17th of February at 12 p.m. at the Riverside Theatre. First Convention Center. Done. Mic drop. We'll put that down. Perfect. Thank you. you. That's it for this episode, and we hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, then make sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher for your chance to win a Perth Fit Fam t-shirt, which we'll be giving away at the end of every show. And just remember that if you love what we do, then you can become a supporter of Perth Fit Fam by joining our fan subscriptions on Facebook, and you'll gain access to exclusive content, discounts on merch, and more. Thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for more of the Perth Fitness End to come.